0: yes hey guys the question comes up is you're training everybody knows you're training everybody has to train done by law (laughs) why wouldn't (laughs) you do it with the best
1: (laughs) and we are talking about our fully customizable
0: uh, training program designed to unlock your team's fullest potential yep it's about delivering experience and not just plain old bottled up Training that's off the shelf and you probably don't want it and we will take it. We will ensure that it's for you in the best technologies and training techniques and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, are the people that we bring in to teach with us. Uh, they are not just knowledgeable. They are engaging and they are masters at keeping everybody Fully into uh, what is being taught, how it's being taught, uh, laughing, crying, joking. It, it's A lot of phenomenal. Crying. A lot of crying. Yeah, A lot so of crying.
0: If, you're, if you're looking to transform your team, then contact us at the hazmatguys.com slash hire us and reserve your spot and trot, start your team's transformation training experience today.
1: Oh. Hello. This beautiful, blistery, warm January morning.
0: It is cold outside. It is cold. It is, I
1: think it's like 16 degrees Fahrenheit. It is you and it is cold, which is which. I mean, I, I'm shocked that we don't have snowblowers going on in the background because it during the year yeah. we have lawn mowers go on and leaf blowers. So it's the only time that we don't
0: get lawn equipment uh, picked yeah. up in the. That's background. why we record at two in the morning <laughs> now. <laughs> it's so hard to get up. Ah, uh, terrible. <laughs> So anyway. <laughs> what things what things have we got going on, Bob? All right, the short and skinny is we have the Battery Destroyer Club West Coast coming up soon. I want to say it's the twentieth, February 20th. We'll be going out there to check out what they're doing. And I just got their plan. And wow, is it more legit than the one we did on the first <laughs> really? Well, this is this, oh. the, the, the
1: battery disclosures that we did up in, in uh in Massachusetts, that was us coming together. That was a, a couple of small companies, a couple of you know, just people that were looking to figure some stuff out. This has got a, a few outcomes alphabet agencies running around it doesn't it yeah
0: they have like a complete plan and who's allowed to be in certain zones and it's like you know you need access passes and and they're doing some major stuff so i'm excited to see it we're gonna we're gonna catalog it all and then we're gonna have an after action kind of report kind of thing where we're gonna get together and, and discuss all the stuff on a show uh that will be online as well live and all that stuff um so when that's all done we'll let you know uh we have the Astro action report the um where we talk to senior dudes in that were in the beginning of hazmat and just find out how it was back in the day that's going to be february 7th the next one recording at nineteen thirty hours eastern standard time and with no none other than rick emery uh long format comments are on free interactions, throw your questions in, ask the questions. It should be a lot of fun. It always is.
1: And we know, Rick, so when we say
0: long, we mean long. yeah. Yeah, This could be a couple hours. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you know Rick, you know what I'm talking about. Um, And then the conferences we got going on is Wommer, New England, OMRA, which is the Ontario, Michigan Cold Zone. I don't want to forget New York State Oklahoma, Oregon, Baltimore, and Virginia. So far, so far.
1: <laughs> the list so,
0: keeps changing. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's
1: amazing. There's little conferences popping up. Little conferences are becoming bigger conferences. Uh, it's yeah. uh, everything is is growing in leaps and bounds. Love it. So
0: we have part two of our uh, psychological hurdles of hazmat technicians here and. Hopefully we we'll get through another two. And the first one is, this is by the one, far.
1: Yeah, this is the one that you're excited about.
0: I I I can't remember off the top of my head, but I almost want to say there was an episode made about this, or we made reference of this or some or maybe it was a nugget or, or something, but I think we talked about this in some way. This is it might have th- been a nugget.
1: This feels like it's almost oppositely related to the um oh what's the one where you 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 uh you you think that you you're not good enough to be in the position that you're in oh the imposter, imposter syndrome. syndrome this feels like the kind of the opposite so what do, what do we
0: have here okay the dunning kruger effect and you know what i'm gonna put it up for those of you that can see or you can't see uh you should be seeing because if you can see you can, you're a specialist or at least a hazmat technician um is this is the chart And you can see the confidence level. You have no idea when you come into school school and then you come out of school and you know everything. And then you start seeing as you evolve, you're like, Oh my God. And it gets down to the bottom. And then you notice how like the end, the trust me, it's complicated. The end of the knowledge field is, is, is lower than the initial. Right. And I think that's kind of an important thing because like, um, you know, what? I'll give you the definition. It might be easier. Okay. Is the cognitive bias where individuals with limited ability or knowledge in a domain overestimate their competence? Yeah, this, this is, is absolutely
1: a thing. We we talk about this. This is definitely a thing. And and this is this is a thing that if you're new to te- being a tech, you don't really have to worry about for like another 8 months <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> because <laughs> right now you're like I don't I don't understand any of this. You are at a point where you know that you don't know what you don't know. And eventually you you learn so much information that you're like wow, this has got to be it. Like I now No, I got it it, right. (laughs) Like there is nothing that I don't know. So you switch from knowing that you don't know what you don't know to not knowing that you don't know what you don't know. And then that, humbling reality sets in at some point and it never does it in like a uh in like a dream or when you're all alone it does it in a spectacular fashion in which the world bitch slaps your ego right back down to the ground and you go holy crap There's a whole nother like world out here that I didn't even know existed from what I thought was a full tank of gas. Right. Like I thought I understood it all. And then just you, you take one subject and you open this like little rabbit hole and you're like, what is down here? And then all of a sudden you realize that every bit of knowledge that you have in this field has a rabbit hole that goes
0: down it. I, you know what? I've seen this the most often, and no offense, all you out there wearing bars and and leaves and whatever, but bosses. Yeah, bosses that come into uh, hazmat and they they come in as a boss, knowing nothing, and then they come out of class and they sit in the in the training or whatever, and they got um, the opinion of like, yeah, I got this, and they have no idea the depth of of um studying and understanding that's sitting around them and they almost give it like a cursory like blow off like that eh. Yeah, I, I, I went to class.
1: Right. Oh, I yeah, no, I just went to tech school. We, we just, yeah. I, I tell. <laughs> I try to tell people all the time, like, I, in, in the class, you know, as a firefighter trying to address chiefs and officers, I try to get them to understand hazmat in what we're talking about from this point of view. I said, you're going to go out, right? As soon as, like, that Friday hits where you take your test and you get your, your your certification and you're like, woohoo, I'm a hazmat tech, and the job turns around and they put you in charge of a company or they you're you're now the incident commander uh you are basically a probie that has just come out of fire school and is now in charge of of a fire operation like (laughs) you would think that that was absolutely 100 percent batshit crazy that a probie is being taken out like you just you barely learn how to survive in probie school long enough to learn your job and you're going to be in charge of a scene but hazmat's no different and the officers that can't wrap their brains around that, they end up being the ones with that limited knowledge and understanding. And if they are not aware of it, they can significantly impact the scene because you're now creating this little bit of of uh, of chaos. Right. I mean, where else? Where I mean, this gets seen. We see this everywhere. We see this in, in oh. investors trying to do the stock market for
0: the first time. That's a time. big one. Like guys that like, oh, I read a book on, on how to like you know do uh, what are they, yeah, day trading pattern like, trading. I have a book on pattern <laughs> trading that I, that
1: was in my locker at the firehouse for the longest time. I read it. I did pretty decent at the pretend pattern trading. I never actually turned it on live and, 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 and went live and with
0: it's, it. It's funny because like like you just said, it's cold uh, right now, and my daughter is just started driving maybe four or five months ago, and she's like, yeah, it's no big deal. I'm like, you have no idea how driving in the snow or the you know is and so it, oh my god overestimating my, your capabilities is kind of the thing my, my uh my 16 year old
1: uh, my 16 year old my 17 year old goes yeah you yeah, know I, I can drive in the snow i go oh you've driven in the snow before and, and there was silence and she goes well i've driven in the rain and oh, i was like just oh just yeah i mean that's like same right thing. there
0: same thing same thing have fun <laughs> good luck all right, let's go through some strategies to overcome this. Um, what would it be? be? A fallacy? Would it be? I think it's a I, fallacy I a if, you, if you
1: act, if you act with the confidence of thinking that you know what you're doing.
0: Okay. I guess, right? Yeah, I'm, would I'm, that that's be cool. the,
1: the fallacy? It, yeah. You know?
0: I think, I, you know, I should have probably looked at the definitions of each one a little bit more closely, but what do we know? We are just on the radio. That's no. all it is. Well,
1: we know this stuff. We don't have to look at anything. We don't have to look it up. I, I, I read. A, I read an
0: article. I'm an expert on this. Yeah, now. <laughs> I, I, I understand all of this. <laughs> all right. So one of the things is continuous education and training, such as regular skill and knowledge updates in professional fields. Meaning, when you're training with guys that have more time experience, listen very closely and suck it up like absorb that don't um don't sit there with your arms crossed yeah is probably one of the things just because you got 20 years
1: on if you're new to hazmat act like the probie again with the exception of keeping your mouth shut like it is healthy with the exception of keeping your mouth shut because we want to encourage that conversation and ideas and communication back and forth to disrupt the other fallacies that we talked about last time uh instructive uh sorry encourage constructive feedback in the workplace you know uh, we said before that a lot of these these um strategies they they tie in together and if you can have that constructive feedback then you're gonna get feedback in real time that's like eh, hey boss i don't think that's the best way to go about yeah. it i don't think we should be going in that
0: direction and we've talked about that yeah many times it's like you know not standing up to the boss but like Listen, as a new boss, I would love for a guy to be like, "Ah, listen quietly on this side, be like, we shouldn't do this. Because that's like, oh, okay, thanks. Because I don't even know what I didn't know. And this guy saw it and he kept me safe and not going to jail.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. maybe we should go in this direction. Have you thought about this? That's probably the best line to give to a, a boss, especially one that's a little like, You know, not really good, but doesn't know they're not really good. Is hey, boss, have you thought about
0: this? Yes. Um, and one of the things that we have mentioned on many shows, um, is some type of mentorship program. You know, pairing. We and we instituted this. Like this was a big thing. This was a major turning stone of. In the company where we started implementing mentors, uh, where we have a senior guy, a guy that's been around in the company assigned for a while and a new guy where, uh, you know, we keep them. We give them guardrails. uh, We are their focus point instead of them going to the officer with a problem. They come to the senior, the mentor with the problem. And it it guides the learning experience in a much more regulated way. Yeah, and I will say, just because you're senior does not mean you're a mentor. No, remember that. Yes, no, there's because two, not everybody's yeah. a mentor.
1: It, it's like the guys that are instructors, right? Not just because you have a lot of knowledge doesn't mean that you can get up in front of the yep. classroom and give it. I, I still get phone calls from my my mentors. Um, usually, it's telling me how wrong I was in the stuff that you right. know I was telling them. But still, <laughs> you know, they, they they reach out all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> you have to have the ability to be self-reflective and have that assessment, um, that that mindset, that reflective mindset because you could you could have open communication but if you're not actually absorbing what it is that your team members uh your people your your bosses your under bosses your chiefs if you're not listening to what they're saying you're going to just assume that that you know exactly what's going on so uh, you know it's not just enough to be able to talk you have to be able to be okay inside your brain with taking in that information and being like oh yeah man I, I i get it okay
0: i don't understand fully what's going on right and even the we talked about this last week is like the tabletops you know not everything is uh sitting around a table going over a concept and not everything is going to be in the street where there's a real con uh situation where somebody gives you that nudge sometimes you can set up things like tabletops or hands-on practice in controlled settings especially in those weirdo things those one-offs those things that are statistically not probable to happen that's where you need those guardrails set up have some you know mentors standing around you and guiding you into that right direction so yeah a uh,
1: questioning attitude a questioning attitude don't ever hesitate to just ask why And ask why over and over again, because that's how you're going to get a deeper, like that, 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 that base knowledge over
0: and over again. That would be annoying if you said it to the same person, but I would say, say it to different people. Well, well, no, 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 <laughs> Like Why? Yeah. Why? No. Why? Yes. I'm not three years old. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, but we have to be three years old,
1: right? Because that, why does, all right, so think of, all right, what you just said is actually like a perfect point, right? Because why does the three-year-old ask why, 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 why? Because they're understanding the surface- question right they're trying to to do they're, they're logically processing what you said and they want to understand the next layer well why does that layer exist and then you give them an answer for that and then they ask why that's how you start to develop depth of information is by continuing ask why right like okay um it, we, oh, jesus i can't even think of something off the top of my head flammability gasoline is more flammable than diesel why well because of vapor pressure Well, why? Well, because of
0: the size of the molecule. That's true, you do get a different answer. Because I assume that the guy is just not understanding my answer, so I repackage and resend. Right, no, I'm not saying, you ask why, and you attach it to the previous answer. And you
1: you start to build depth and that depth eventually allows you to not only actually fully understand the situation from a like chemical physical properties point of view, but it also then allows you to think outside the box because eventually you're going to get to the point where you can no longer generalize and you're going to go from generalized learning to specific learning. Like you understand the nuances of the chemicals and the physical properties and why things are doing. Doing what they're doing. And then when things go wrong, you're able to access that information to, to come up with a, a, a you know, a, a realistic thing. So a questioning attitude is absolutely phenomenal. We say it all the time on the show. You want to think like a child.
0: I like it. Let's just go on to the next one. I think we, I think those are good points to, to push back on that. Yeah, absolutely. The next, one, the next one's another one that I think is... Um, extremely common and it's called the normalcy bias. Okay. And that is a bias leading to the underestimation of the disaster potential and inadequate preparation due to unfamiliarity with such events. Mm. Right, and we got some good examples here. Yeah. Yeah. And and
1: the 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 unfamiliarity with such events that it can go kind of in in two different directions. Right. You have an event where you are. Hey, I don't know anything about this, so I'm not going to prepare for it. Or you have an event where you're like, well. I've experienced a few of these (laughs) and you know, I've done X, Y, and Z and it's turned out fine. And then Holy crap, like I wasn't prepared for this level of event. And a perfect example of this is hurricane Katrina, which happened back in 2005, totally flooded new Orleans. Uh, they didn't, the people that lived there, they didn't evacuate in the face of a hurricane that was literally building up steam in the Gulf of Mexico, going from a three to a four, all the way to a five. Um, They couldn't even imagine a situation in which their place would be flooded. They were told over and over again, this could happen over and over again. It didn't happen. So eventually they just kind of got to the point that it was like, okay, well, nothing is going to happen, right? We've had, you know, multiple hurricanes hit this area. The levees didn't break. The waters didn't flood in. Everything was fine and good. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're getting the warning. Hey guys, hey guys, hey guys. And everyone's like, yeah, we've done this a thousand times before. They weren't familiar with that level
0: of, a, of an event happening in their area. Even 2011, uh, the Tohoku earthquake and tsunami in Japan, despite being a country accustomed to earthquakes, the scale and impact of that earthquake and subsequent tsunami were so unprecedented that many were un- unprepared for that. Was that the
1: was that the her, uh, earthquake and tsunami that led to Fukushima?
0: I think it was i think it was too man that 11 fe- sounds about the right time
1: but it feels like it wasn't that long ago and i'm, I'm doing the bath on it real quick and i'm yeah, like holy cool, crap cool that's years. like almost 15 years ago jesus christ yeah. <laughs> right because again they they were they were they were unprepared for the event even though they were actually extremely extremely well prepared there was one tiny flaw in, you know, that that Fukushima power plant that that allowed it to go under um, the Chernobyl nuclear disaster. Right. The operators oh, at Chernobyl, they underestimated the potential for the disaster. Uh, I mean, when you take a nuclear reactor and you put it together with basically rusty garbage cans, this is what this is what comes into play. Uh, the Soviets were not necessarily known for their safety programs uh, and they didn't exactly. uh br- they didn't they didn't have people that that understood the different levels as to why. So when something did go wrong, there wasn't the experience to quickly be able to, to deduce it. Uh, they just they didn't anticipate the problems. Uh, they didn't they weren't able to to figure out what was happening because of a lack of experience and understanding. And it ended up causing one of the the largest to date um, nuclear
0: disasters in humankind yeah and uh sorry all you russian people out there listening to us because <laughs> <laughs> there's quite a few I, I, that's good yeah. Yeah, i i we have we have quite a listener base i don't know how they listen to us but I, they are doing it so anyway strategies to counteract the normalcy bias awareness education right um it says public campaigns about rare and high impact events and, and and those three that we just mentioned are like poster children for that kind of thing, like you know understanding and and bringing those those types of events to the surface and discussing them is the first I, step. I think is a I, very big
1: important step it, it is, but I think this is this is has to be focused on an individual and not on a public because the public is too stupid. Oh, yeah. Right. Like here here in New York and Long Island, if there's going to be two inches of snow, you can't get milk and bread for the next for for a week before the event. Yet, if there's going to be a three foot blizzard, everybody's on the road and people get trapped. So like nobody's they 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 they, the public doesn't listen anyway.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I, I always say that, uh, you know, people are dumb, Uh, uh, you know, a person's smart, but people are dumb. You know, so again, do those emergency drills, like drills for diverse scenarios in schools, workplaces, communities. Expose yourself to the. I, I don't want to hear from you. Ah, that'll never happen. And that was a perfect thing. Like, like you know, they'll they'll never do that. That'll never happen. That word "never" and "always" is so corrosive in our minds because it sets up like, oh, I, I can dismiss that. It's not going to happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We All right. So my uh my son just recently got a little mini dirt bike thing, right? And I'm showing him how to fill it up and and there's like nine gas cans in in my shed. And they're all okay. they're all full. And my Noah's like, why do you have nine gas cans? Like we don't even have like, this is like 50 gallons worth of gas. And I'm like, well, bud, because if something happens and we lose power, right? Like we lose power here the gas station loses power. Like this is, this is a backup. This is preparedness. And he goes, we, we don't ever like, that's never going to happen. Like you're crazy. He's turning around thinking like, I'm like the world is going to end. And he's like, no, that's not going to happen. I'm like, no, but it could be something as simple as like, A hurricane, a large tractor trailer hits a telephone pole and they can't, you know, like there's, there's different levels of preparedness, but to be ready from an individual point of view, to be able to run that emergency that comes into our drilling, that comes into our preparedness, that comes into everything. He doesn't understand that the power could go out and we could lose the ability to have the, to get gasoline but i've lived through it
0: so i am prepared and i will try to teach that on to the next generation i like that even even doing like uh, you know something a more macro like um multi-agency alerts like disaster alerts kind of thing like like setting up for well how are you and i know i mentioned this before but we did a drill with the uh, new york city police department and you know i for 20 years we were doing it this way we get dressed in this way we get dressed and when they plugged in it was it was completely disarming to me because there was a guy with a gun next to me and i'm like what are you doing he's like well i protect you so you can go and do that and i never even thought of that concept that there was different people doing different jobs like it blew my mind i was i was off my game for at least five minutes i was like i can't wrap my head around this yeah
1: yeah see i would have been like no i've seen how shoot how cops shoot uh, I'll take the gun. <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, like, you know, I'm just looking through the next couple of points and they're all kind of like the same.
1: Right. Well, the, the risk management training, right, that that is something that can allow you to uh, make quick decisions where you kind of now, now you start to understand risk versus reward in in things that may not happen that often. Right. Like, Bobby, you went on a whole bunch of hurricane deployments with FEMA. So you have a whole you have a totally different concept of post um, post emergency. For a, a, an area like you, you, I, if I wanted to, if I wanted to try to figure out how to prepare myself for a hurricane, I would probably call up Bob and be like, "Okay, listen, like what kind of crap did you see happen to people?" When you were deployed on the FEMA stuff and, you know, you could be like, oh, well, you know, like they just didn't have enough water or they they, they were they were trapped or they did something stupid, like go up into their attic and, and, and become trapped in their attic. So, you know, that the risk management training can come in in many different aspects and getting the 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 rundown from people who have experience with it. I think that's a tremendous way to help deviate from this bias.
0: I think the final one is kind of the, the, the main crux of it is the mental flexibility training. And, and like you said, like people go into your attics. That was one thing that I remember is that there was always a hatchet in the attic down South. And it's because when the floodwaters come in and they get pushed to the attics, they have a hatchet to chop their way out. Eat The children. Oh, right. To eat the children. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah, no no, escaping that that's
0: being mentally flexible. To think about these things and not dismissive of the probability so minimal that um, I don't have to consider this. Uh, and I know we've mentioned this in the last couple of episodes is like that whole thing of like, do you veer left or right if you're going to hit that deer, the option wasn't even presented that you can hit it, the deer. Right. Right. So that flexibility, you have to have a pliable and not a rigid Because we're not in a fire scenario where there's a very linear progression to the fire. We understand where it's at and where it's going to go. In hazmat, it's 4D chess. And if you don't have a very flexible, pliable, open mind, I don't think you're going to do well. Yeah, it's that idea that, um, oh, that could never happen to us.
1: Right. Like, oh, that'll that'll never happen. That'll That'll never never happen. happen. That'll never happen. That valve will never just (sighs) randomly shear off when I'm not doing anything with it or that tank won't just collapse or it'll never find a source of ignition.
0: That's it.